Welcome to Golden Topics, which are personal discussions with a variety of professionals on critically important elder issues. Hi, my name is Mirit Hoffman. I'm a mother of three, a gerontologist, and an attorney specializing in elder law. My focus is helping senior citizens to stay in control when they reach significant junctions in their lives. I am a member of STEP, which is a global society of trust and estate practitioners. I lecture on estate planning, and I write on various sites about the relationship between children and their elderly parents and the daily needs of the intergenerational family. These podcasts are personal discussions with a variety of professionals and are intended for anyone who is interested in being enriched with knowledgeable information regarding significant crossroads for seniors. Let's get started. I hope you enjoy it. Hello. This podcast is all about ways to stay calm in a crisis. But let me introduce myself first. My name is Mirit Hoffman, and I'm a mother of three. I am an elder law lawyer, a gerontologist, and a master NLP practitioner. I primarily focus on the area of estate planning and elder law, which means wills, enduring power of attorneys, trusts, post and prenups and second marriages, all the while taking into consideration the daily needs of the multi-generational family. What guides me in life is the desire to be in control, and that's why I chose to work in these specific fields. Most people work hard throughout their lives, and I believe they want to decide how their assets and their finances will be distributed um, at the end of their days, hence preparing wills. People also want to determine how their lives will be managed, even when they're no longer mentally capable of making decisions because of Alzheimer's or dementia. And there is a legal way to help them maintain control, even in those situations, such as preparing an enduring path attorney. So control is something that greatly motivates me in life. And our topic of conversation is tools for calming down and relieving stress is also all about staying in control. One of the things that characterizes these days is uncertainty. And dealing with uncertainty is one of the most challenging aspects. Lack of certainty increases stress, lack of uncertainty, sorry, increases stress and anxiety. Uncertainty is beyond our control. So it's essential to reduce the levels of anxiety, especially so that we can continue to be strong for those who need our support. And the more we focus on things within our control, the more we can reduce our anxiety. I'm going to divide this podcast into two sessions. And here we're going to start with part one. So let's start with the first batch of tools. Number one, it's firstly very important to know that it's okay to feel. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to worry. And it's really essential to give legitimacy to these emotions. We're human beings, we have feelings. It's very important to acknowledge them, to know that it's okay, and to allow these emotions to surface from time to time. Don't suppress them. 
the idea is not to stop feeling, it's just not to let those emotions take control of us. The second thing that I greatly recommend is disconnect, disconnect from the media and the horrifying, horrifying stories that we're gradually being exposed to. The less exposed we are to distressing things, the better it is for our welfare and our health. There is a well-known research that states that prolonged exposure to news increases stress, even for regular daily news. Watching news gives us a false sense of control, and that's just false. It just increases, increases anxiety, increases stress, it weakens our immune system, and we're really not in control of what's going on. And all this weakening of us makes us less capable of being there for our families who still need us. So I suggest allocating specific times for news updates, maybe twice a day. And for the rest of the day, try to do other things to occupy your mind and stay disconnected. Images and videos greatly affect our mind. And then it's very challenging to get rid of them later. And so it's really vital that we take care of our mental health and reduce our exposure to the media. In the second part of this podcast, I'll go through a process with you guys to release the distressing images from our minds. The third tool is breathing. When we're anxious and fearful, our body automatically goes into the triple FF. F mode, which is fight, flight, and freeze. We tense up and we simply stop breathing. And what actually happens in the body when we stop breathing? Our body receives a signal to enter a state of distress. The sympathetic nervous system is activated, which is the system that prepares the body for strenuous physical activity. And what that means, it increases our heart rate and the supply of blood to the muscles. It raises our blood pressure because its role is now to ensure survivability. So it's acting immediately. The stress level as it rises, our thinking is impaired, our digestive system stops, our body defense mechanism decreases, and the body's basically preparing for battle. So there's no real time for anything else. And when we go and practice deep and prolonged breathing, it does exactly the opposite. It activates our vagus system, our parasympathetic system, which is primarily responsible for maintaining our balance in the body. And that system affects our breathing and our speech and our swallowing and it lowers our heart rate and our blood pressure. And it's good for our digestion and our gut health. Our body receives a signal that everything is okay. Rest and digest. And the body returns to its previous state. Our blood pressure stabilizes. Our immune system function at its best. And the body defense system significantly improves. Our 
sleep patterns are better, our mood is better, our overall health becomes better when we activate the vagus system. And one of the ways to activate this vagus system is by breathing. And one of the techniques that we're gonna do now together is called 448, which means we're gonna inhale air at a pace of four. Imagine you're smelling a beautiful flower. You're gonna hold your breath for four seconds. And then we're gonna exhale at a pace of eight. Slow and long, like you're blowing out candles on a birthday cake. If you find that too difficult, you can also practice breathing by the technique of 336, which is basically inhaling at a pace of three, holding our breath for a pace of three, and then exhaling at a pace of six. What's important in this breathing technique is that you exhale at a pace which is twice as long as the pace of your inhale. So let's try doing it together. Let's try first the 448. People that find it challenging, they can switch to the 336. Okay, so sit comfortably in your chair or on the couch. And let's start with breathing. Just take inhale a air at a, at a pace of four, one, two, three, four. Hold your breath at a pace of four, two, three, four, and exhale at a pace of eight, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Very good. Let's do that one more time. Inhale at a pace of four, two, three, four. Hold your breath for four, two, three, four. Exhale at a pace of eight, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Do that at least three times, especially when you feel that your anxiety levels are going up, sit down quietly or even stand up quietly. Take, take a place that you can just be quietly on your own and try this 448 or 336 technique. The other technique that works is called the Peripheral vision. Peripheral vision refers to the sight which is outside of one's central field of vision. It allows us to see objects from either side of us without actually moving our eyes or our head. Like when we're noticing something from the corner of our eye, basically that's when we're using our peripheral vision. It basically is giving us a broader field of vision. The peripheral vision triggers the parasympathetic nervous system, which we had discussed before, which promotes relaxation and calms us down. It forces us to slow down and helps the body and our mind and our emotions 
return to a state of balance and calmness. When we're in a state of peripheral vision, we basically block the possibility of feeling worry or tension because it's physiologically impossible to experience both these, both these emotions at the same time. So let's try it together. I'd like you to sit comfortably in your chair. Take a few deep breaths. Inhale and exhale. Let's do it again. Inhale and exhale slowly. And while you're breathing, focus on a point which is slightly above eye level on the wall opposite you. And just look at it. Really concentrate on this point from all angles. Examine this point. And while you're looking at it and examining it, notice that when you're focusing on this point, you can actually perceive a much wider field of vision without actually moving your eyes. So try to expand your field of vision without moving your eyes, a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, and then try expanding it a little bit more to the left and a little bit to the right. And while you're expanding, maybe you can expand a little bit upwards towards the ceiling or a little bit downwards to, towards the floor. All the while, your eyes are still looking at that point in front of you. You're not shifting your eyes. And while you're looking at this point and you're, you're, you're broadening your field of vision, Pay attention to three things that you can now see when your eyes are still at the point. It could be maybe, you know, that picture on the wall that's slightly to your right. Maybe it's that lampshade that's on top of you, or maybe that's that dust that suddenly you notice on the floor. And now pay attention to three things that you can hear. All the while, your eyes are not moving from that dot, from that point in front of you. Maybe you can hear now air conditioning. Maybe the people talking in the room nearby. Maybe you notice some noise from outside. Is it cars? Maybe there's a bird outside tweeting. Maybe you can hear the beating of your heart. And now see how you're breathing. Notice your breathing changing. Maybe it's longer. Pay attention. Pay attention and notice how your facial muscles are more relaxed. how you have become more relaxed. Take another deep breath and slowly return to your regular awareness 
and notice how you feel. How a total sense of calmness totally spread around you and within you. And this is a short and simple exercise that you can do anywhere. The other technique is called being in the circle of influence. What I suggest you do is you take a piece of paper and you draw two circles. One circle is gonna be the circle of worry, where you write down everything that worries and, dis and disturbs you, makes you anxious. Just write down everything that comes to mind without any judgment. When that circle is full, draw another circle next to it and label it the circle of influence. And start thinking about things from that circle of worry that you can influence and change and put that into your circle of influence. And see how much you can fill up that circle of influence. Once you have transferred as much as you can from the circle of worry to the circle of influence, look at that circle of worry and see if you can let go of these thoughts because you can't control them, you cannot influence them, you can't really do anything about what worries you there. Some people actually tear that piece of paper and throw it out. And now focus on the things that you wrote within your circle of influence. And the more that we focus on it, we find that we can add more things to it. Because what we focus on in life grows. Ask yourself what's under your control and how you choose to act upon it. When we're active and engaged, our levels of anxiety and stress decreases. And this is also a technique that you can sit quietly and do in the morning or maybe in the middle of the day when, again, you feel that your stress levels are going up or maybe just in the evening before you go to bed if you're just worried about, you know, the nighttime and going to sleep. The sixth idea that I'd like to share with you, and it will be the last idea for this part of the podcast, is giving and volunteering. One of the most helpful things we can do now is to give and help others. When we give from ourselves and volunteer, it's one of the things on the top of the list of things that improve our mood automatically. And it doesn't really matter how big or small those things are. It could be by involving your children for making little notes for soldiers or baking goods like baking, um, baking things like cookies or cakes to give out. There's so many volunteer, various volunteer social initiatives that exist today. Really, you can choose whatever you want. But being active and volunteering doesn't have to be something big. It doesn't have to be in a um, social, one of those social initiatives. It could be something small. And I'd like to share with you two examples um, that I have in my neighborhood where I live. 
I have um, in my neighborhood a elderly couple and the um, the gentleman every day walks, takes a walk for 15 minutes um, during the morning and 15 minutes at night. And one day in the morning, he knocked at his neighbor's door, who is a younger woman with three children who are now at home with her because her husband is in the army. And he offered to take the family dog outside for a walk since he's walking anyways. And you have no idea how grateful that mother was. She was extremely grateful for the help. And for that gentleman, it was really not a big deal because he was going out for a walk anyways. But for that young woman with the three children, it was impossible for her to get out. And for her, it was a really big help. And that's volunteering and giving something to others. Another wonderful example I'd like to share is um, there is a retired kindergarten teacher in our community. And she twice a week gathers all the children from the neighborhood downstairs to the park in order to write um, uplifting letters to the soldiers and make pictures. Um, and this is an activity that she took upon herself to do. It's a half an hour activity twice a week. And it is extremely helpful relieving the young mothers of those children and you know, giving them an option to just sit down and have their cup of coffee for the day. And for this retired kindergarten teacher, it's really something that she enjoys doing. She loves children. She feels that she's helping out. Um, for those children, they're really happy to have this activity. And for the parents, for the mothers, for those young mothers, it's really wonderful that they can just take that break. So volunteering is something that you really can do that little bit that you think you're doing can be a really big thing for the person that you're doing it for. So this was part one of our two-part series about um, relaxation tools at a time of stress. I hope you enjoyed it. And please follow me in my next session. Thank you for listening to another episode of Golden Topics. I hope you enjoyed it and that it provided you with important information. Do not forget to click and subscribe to Golden Topics so that you can stay updated on my upcoming podcasts. And of course, please share and invite family and friends to listen so that they can also benefit from the information discussed here. You are also welcome to visit my website, www.lawmirit.com, and to follow me on Facebook for more information regarding intergenerational estate planning and the various needs of the elderly population. I'm already waiting for you with my coffee in the next episode.